Support for this podcast and the following message comes from KUST Campus Radio. A student-operated, non-commercial radio station, KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in anytime to KUST at mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. Welcome to Keep the Ball Rolling, presented by Tommy Media. On today's show, we talk about the devastating Tommy Johnny football defeat. We bring in St. Thomas football player Grant Slavic to discuss his thoughts this far into the season, and we give some professional sports updates. Welcome to episode three, Carly. Wow, I feel like we haven't been back in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. We had midterms. We got a little busy with Tommy Johnny. We had just, life in general has been hectic. But we're back and that's all that matters. Episode three. Kind of exciting. And we're halfway through the semester, which is kind of weird. I know. And speaking of Tommy Johnny, that already happened. Like, once Tommy Johnny happens, you know you're halfway through the semester. That's like the point everyone's waiting for. The football team and just students and faculty and everyone. Even alumni, you know, people around the country, it's known as the D3 rivalry. But unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it didn't go the way we planned to this year. If we look strictly at the first half, though, it did. I mean, the first quarter. For, okay, first quarter. First yeah. quarter. First Three. quarter, partial, partial second quarter. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I have to say, having Tommy Johnny at Allianz Field was an absolute blast. The atmosphere was incredible. You know, having all the Tommies there, all the Johnnies. You know, speaking to both sections of fans, everyone was super. Respectful. They were all happy to be there. And, you know, if it w- did end up being the last time St. Thomas hosts the Tojo rivalry, I think it was a, a good one to go out on because of how fun it was to be there. Regardless of the outcome, it was just an incredible atmosphere, and it was a really good game of college football, regardless of the scoreline. I had so much fun covering it, and even though we lost 38-20, to 20, I mean, it was a good game. It's always, like you said, the rivalry is always good. Hopefully there's more to come. Uh, there's one more for sure next year in Collegeville, which will be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, yeah, the stinks. It's our second loss to them in two years in a row. Yeah, la- okay. I will say, though, this year's performance was a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, admirable compared to the 2018 performance at Collegeville. Mm-hmm. I think we saw a lot, more, uh, a lot more of what St. Thomas can do on a football field this year. I agree. When we went up 14-0 to zero in the first quarter, I was like, this is it. This is the game. This we won. St. Thomas is winning the Mayak. Be done now, but I don't know. It just it escalated so quickly, and then it went down so quickly. You yeah. Know? There was um, there was at one point in the first quarter where I started seeing St. John's fans kind of like you know pick up their phones, and I was like, oh okay, you know, <laughs> this this might be turning into something cool. You know, right. St. Thomas might upset one of the best teams in the nation. Not to say St. Thomas isn't a good football program, but mm-hmm. St. John's is just that good that it would be an upset. Right, and St. John's has been at the number four ranking for a while now. St. Thomas went into the game at number 11, but this week we actually dropped to 19. Yeah, so and uh, that's our record's second, five and two now, too. That's their second loss. I know, our second loss of the season, which we'll get into later because that doesn't really leave us for good hopes going into the playoffs, but we'll no. get into that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that fourth and one play towards the end of the game. Yep. That was... I don't know. I feel like that could have been the turning point for uh-huh. us to come back when Steven Wagner, a running back, just I felt like the Tommies just kept going, char- put charging him through the middle. Like he kept jumping over our offensive line, and I don't know what was going on, but um, that was just 
that was insane how we couldn't really convert off of that. So I think if you convert that fourth and one, it creates um, not only momentum for St. Thomas, but it also it gets your fans going. Because right. towards the end of that fourth quarter, so Tommy fans started to, you know, get up out of their bleachers, get up out of their seats, wherever they were located inside Allianz Field, and they hit the exits. And it... By the time, I'd say there were about three minutes left in that fourth quarter, right. you lost a lot of Tommies. And for a team that's trying to did make a comeback... Did you get a, a picture of that? I did. I do yeah. have a few pictures of that, yeah. That's what I thought. By the time Tommies, uh, the Tommies got the ball back that late in the game, you know, you notice that your fans are gone. That, that hits you. You're sitting right. there like, gosh, they don't really care, do they? But again, St. Thomas played a fantastic game. There's a lot to be proud of. Right. And St. John's had a really, really good quarterback. As Jackson Erdman, my lord. So good. Threw for 456 yards. He throws the most in the Mayak. He throws almost over 400 yards a game, which is insane. Well, that's what happens when you are a former Penn State walk-on, Carly. That is true. And his receivers were super good. Oh, which goodness. I thought was interesting was I heard them say, the coach said after the game that it was all sophomore receivers in that game. Um, they had one senior, but then their starting senior um, receiver, he tore his ACL the week before against Bethel. So those were all pretty young guys that were making big plays for the Johnnies. And the thing is, is... The St. Thomas defensive backs were being put on skates. Right. They, the, the defensive backs, the safeties, the corners, linebackers, that entire secondary mm-hmm. was just, they could not get their game together. And right. That's what really hurt the Tommies. The, the rush defense, that was solid, you know. There was a lot of positives from the defensive line. They got a good sack on Erdman in the first half. Right. They, they were shutting down that run game. However... If your secondary cannot provide assistance when needed, when it's up, uh, when Erdman's passing the ball, mm-hmm. you lose, and, and that's that's a big reason why St. Thomas lost. Because the offense, they they did a fairly decent job to gain momentum early in the game. You know, they go up 14-0. They they held strong in the second quarter. Going into halftime, I think both teams were like, this game is up for grabs. For but sure. when the third quarter came and St. Thomas couldn't roll out on either offense or defense. I think right there St. John said, all right, let's take advantage of this situation. Let's wear them down. Let's keep grinding, and let's 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 get some early points. Yeah, that's the, exactly what they did. Exactly. The Johnnies defended us in the second half and only allowed 171 total yards for us. So that's really not that much for that much time in the second half. Especially for Crusoe's offense. Exactly. And we have Josh Parks, who <laughs> played extremely well, as always. But that just that we couldn't get the job done. No. Um, he also, this past weekend in Carlson, Josh Parks, while we're on the topic of him, broke the school record of career touchdowns. You missed that, Jacob. You missed that experience. I did. However, I had a valid reason to miss a football That's game. That's true. That's true. However, I will say this. Parks is a phenomenal running back. He is somebody who's going to be in the books here at St. Thomas for a long time. When Caruso's talking to recruits who are young running backs, he's going to say, you could be like Josh Parks. You could be St. Thomas's right. Josh Parks one day. And I think that player has a lot to be proud of from his career here. I know he had a lot of supporters out there at Tommy Johnny. Right. Um, Parks is just an all-around good guy, and I frankly, I, I really appreciate the fact that no matter what game it is, I always see 100% effort from him. Yeah, he scored four touchdowns on Saturday against Carlton, which was pretty cool, and broke the record, which was 50 career touchdowns. He now has 52, plus there's still three regular season games left, so I'm assuming he'll tally up a few more. You think he, get, you think he, you think he can hit 60 by the end of the year? I, uh, Eight touchdowns in three games? Let's let's do it. Let's shake on it. All right, all right. Let's, <laughs> all right. That's a challenge, Josh. There's, there's Parks, a bet, let's hit 60. All, all right. right. Oh, the atmosphere. Going back to the atmosphere, Allianz. The total number was nineteen thousand five hundred eight. An absolute sellout at Allianz Field. Right. 
You don't see that often. Oh, St. Minnesota United sells out every game, Carly. Do they? Oh, yeah. They, there's every a waiting game? list for tickets. You know, it's hard to come by sometimes. However, I will say, after being there for nearly every Minnesota United game this season, the, the noise levels sometimes hit what Tommy Johnny hit, but in that first half, it was deafening. The decibel levels were off the charts. The St. Thomas fans going at the St. John's fans, you know, people cheering, yeah. people screaming, yelling, you know. It was a, it was a fun atmosphere, you know, it's something you don't really experience. However, I will say one thing about Allianz Field um, for a football game is if you notice, if you're in like the front row behind the uh, the sidelines, mm -hmm. you kind of get a clouded view because the players are standing in front of you. You know, the field isn't uh, the field isn't lowered, the seats yeah. aren't raised. It's made for soccer, not made for football. So I know there were a few complaints there. Maybe that's something you figure out in the future. But right. all in all, it was a perfect venue for. Uh, St. Thomas fans, uh, students in particular, you know, $10 tickets for students. You know, it's a mile away from campus roughly. You know, it's a good location, and it was a fun time. I agree. So leaving Tommy Johnny in the past <laughs> because we lost, we won against Carlton this past weekend, 63-15, a nice big win for us, a good bounce back. Next week, this weekend, we had to St. Olaf. Let's talk about St. Olaf. Well, we can talk about St. Olaf, Carly. Yeah. <laughs> St. Thomas and St. Olaf are uh, not necessarily on the... Uh, not best friends. Best friends, no. no. St. Olaf was rumored to be one of the teams that uh, 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 ousted St. Thomas from the Mayak. They were one of the teams that, uh, in particular, kind of... Discussed it, brought discussed it up. Discussed it, mm -hmm. in influencers, per se. Yeah. And St. Thomas, well, they're not very nice to them in football games. In the past two seasons, the Tommies have outscored St. Olaf 157 to zero, including a 97 to zero win two years ago. And 60 to zero last year. Carly, so, 97 to zero, that's crazy. I love that Have so you ever much. heard of a college football game with that kind of scoreline before? No, but you know what? I don't know, I kind of hope that happens this weekend. Yeah? That'd be interesting, that's, I'm kind of wondering if Caruso's plan is to rack up the score. You know, it, maybe there's a bit of bad blood and he wants to, you know, say, maybe. hey, let's run the score up, Let, let's show them who's boss, let's right. show them we are better than them, and this is why, you know? It should be definitely a good game against the Oles this weekend. I'm excited. You know, Carly and I will be traveling there for time. I'm back to Northfield this weekend. Oh. I was just there, but, you know, I'm back again. Hey, 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 maybe this time I'll drive, okay? Oh, thank goodness, Jacob. You're such a good driver. I know, I know, and I get ox. Okay, true. Okay, okay. So where does this leave us, then, for playoff hopes? We only have three more regular season games left. We have St. Olaf this weekend, Gustavus the weekend after, and then we finish off with Bethel. Okay, St. Olaf, must win. Gustavus, must win. Bethel, must win. Bethel's a really good football team. Mm -hmm. All right? No matter what, you have to win these last three games for even a hint of a to chance. even have a chance, Because right. last year, two games, was all, two losses, was all it took to keep St. Thomas from the uh, NCAA playoffs. Right. And, you know, for a player like, like, we talked about Josh Parks earlier. For a player like him, someone who's dedicated his career to the St. Thomas uh, football program, I'd love to see him get a run in the playoffs this year. I'd love to Any see somebody senior. like him run yeah. loose. But all every player, every senior, exactly. junior, freshman, sophomore, every single one of them has really earned the opportunity to, to take go to the NCAA playoffs. But right. two losses in this division, that's enough to to not make it. And that's so, sad because that's it's like not it's not a great record, but it's not horrible. When you look at St. Thomas, yeah. you say we're number nineteen now? Yeah, 19. number nineteen. Mm -hmm. Number nineteen in the nation might not make the NCAA playoffs. 
a team that's unranked right. is. Is, exactly. It's a weird format, but it's understandable. You know, winner of the Mayak, automatic bid. That'll be St. John's. It'll, it'll be St. John's unless they miraculously lose <laughs> to they lose. Mayak opponents who they shouldn't lose to. No. They'll so, probably win again. Yeah, and you know, good for them. They're a fantastic team. I'd love to see them make a run. Right. I support my Mayak opponents even if they are St. John's because you know what? Go Minnesota. Go Mayak. So it'll be interesting to see where it leaves us in the next couple of weeks. They, we still have to win our next three games, but... I have hopes for us. Yeah, you know what? And Bethel is... I'm really looking forward to Bethel. Because last year, Bethel beat us, and that's what knocked us out of the playoffs more than likely. I think there's going to be some... uh, some rivalry kind of a feud between St. Thomas and Bethel. Or we we host them, right? We host. Yep, it's the last home game, last regular season game. We'll be there. Last home game for these seniors, last regular season game for these seniors. They're going to take it to Bethel. I'm sure everybody'll leave it out on the line for sure. Yeah. So Carly, they just got out of practice and you know what? I think they're excited to come here. Let's bring our football players on in. Let's do it. The number 19 St. Thomas football team has three more regular season games to win before they are considered for an NCAA playoff. Today we welcome onto the show senior tight end Grant Slavic and senior outside backer Jack Foley. Thanks for coming, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, thanks for, for having us. This is your first time on the podcast, both of you? Yeah. Yes. You guys just got done with practice. You know, you want to mm-hmm. just uh, tell us how practice went and what was it like outside? Oh, it was good today. It was, it was really nice outside, you know, a little cold, but it's good football weather. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. To, good day. Yeah. All right. I guess you want to just shoot, shoot straight into questions, Carly. Mine as well. It's you been know, a long day. You know, this past weekend, you know, they had a really great game against uh, down in Northfield in Carlton. Yep. Uh, but this weekend, St. Olaf, there's a lot of a lot of conference play coming up. So Grant, I guess, let's go track back to Tommy Johnny two weeks ago at Allianz Field. You guys unfortunately lost your second straight Tommy Johnny. Uh, mm-hmm. What, From a player's perspective, what did you kind of feel went wrong on the field? Uh, I mean, I feel like we came out really hot. Uh, I think we scored two unanswered touchdowns right out of the gate and just kind of went into halftime, didn't come out with the energy and adjustments that we needed and just kind of fell flat. It was a poor performance in the second half for sure. What Jack, was it? Oh, Jack, what were the emotions like in the locker room after the game? Uh, that was a tough loss after the game. Um, obviously, everyone was really upset. That's a game we really wanted, really needed to win, but uh, unfortunately, we lost, so got to move forward. You know, it was a home game for you guys, but it wasn't at St. Thomas. It was at Allianz Field. What was it like playing at Allianz Field? Uh, it was really cool. Um, I was on. I was obviously on the team during the target field as well, and mm-hmm. I think it was a cooler experience. I don't know what you think, Jack, but just kind of... It was the fans were closer to the field. There wasn't that weird outfield or the yeah. dirt or anything like yeah. that. But no, it was it was definitely a super cool experience. Uh, it was crazy in there. I mean, when again are we going to get a play in front of what nineteen thousand some people? It was unbelievable. You know, and going into the game, there was a lot of controversy about the pitch, uh, the, the field, because you know Minnesota United had a playoff game the next day. Do you guys see any complications with the new turf? You were the first to play on it. Minnesota United hadn't even. Uh, I mean. Not a whole lot. I mean, the grass gave out a little bit, like you play on any grass field. Mm-hmm. But I Was mean. it slippery at all? Because I saw Tommy slipping on a few passes. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a bit. Um, was I believed it rained that morning yep, a bit, it did. so the field right. was a little muddy. But You got anything to add to that, Jack? Um, yeah, I mean, it slipped a little, but I think the ground screw there did a great job getting it ready. It was a really nice surface to play on, but... Did you have fun at Allianz in the atmosphere? You know, what was what was it like, uh, you know, just hearing the, the Tommies and the Johnnies go at each other from across the field, you know, the echoing chants from fans? Oh, the atmosphere was incredible. It was an incredible experience I'll never forget. 
Was that your guys' first time at Allianz, both of you? Yeah, besides what we had done with the team sure. prior to that. So you guys never been to a soccer game there? Uh, I, I did get to see a soccer game there, yeah. Uh, what did you think of, of that in comparison to, say, like uh, the atmosphere? Um, if When I went to that soccer game, I knew if the energy in there was going to be anything like it was for the Minnesota United game, it was going to be an incredible day to play there. It was, it was incredible energy at the Loons game. Yeah, you know, and I think it's just a beautiful venue. It's only two miles from St. Thomas. Made it easy for students. You know, it's a large capacity. But I guess just adding on to that, you guys are both seniors. In your time here, you've really never been able to play a home game at St. Thomas against the Johnnies. No, we never have. Does that does that bother you at all, or is that do you wish you could have, or do you like playing at a venue like Target Field and Allianz Field? I I personally wish we could have gotten one at St. Thomas just to see what it was like, you know, feel a true home game against the Johnnies. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to say you'd trade that for the experiences we've had at Target Field and at Allianz Field. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, going out, just even like war like sophomore year, I didn't play, just even warming up out in the field in front of all those fans. and that I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. And to play the first game in Target Field and then Allianz, it was, it was awesome. I, I would have a hard time saying I would trade it, but I understand. It's kind, of, it's kind of a bummer we didn't get to play at home versus the Johnnies. Sure, sure. All right, so then I guess I'm going to ask, do you, what is it going to take to make sure you guys get three more wins in this regular season for a potential playoff bid? Especially as seniors, because you guys have limited time left on this team. What, how big of an impact and how important is it for you guys to win these last three regular season games? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think all of us seniors see time is getting very finite now. Um, it just has to do with every day. You got to come put the work in, get ready for every team, not overlook anyone, and got to do our jobs out on the field. Yeah, I mean, I mean, each game is huge. It's essentially, we're already in the playoffs. I mean, if we lose, the chances of us making the playoffs are essentially zero. And I think we get to put on shoulder pads like 11 more times if we don't make playoffs, which is, I mean, kind of weird to me considering I've been playing since, four year, since fourth grade. So Sure. You know, and looking at it, you guys have St. Olaf this weekend. In the past two seasons, St. Thomas has uh, – Kind of put a beat down on St. Olaf in 2017, 97 to zero. In 2018, 60 to zero. In total, 157 to zero. Is there sort of a, a rivalry between the two schools in that sense of where St. Thomas just has a, a dominant uh, play when you travel there or when they tra travel here? Is there like any opposition against uh, St. Olaf considering they're one of the teams that uh, ousted St. Thomas from the Mayak, or is it just another conference game to you guys? They weren't the only team that kind of wanted us out of the Mayak, but I, don't, I think they're a program that's improved, and I don't think the game's going to be as lopsided this year. I mean, obviously I'm thinking we'll come out with a W, but uh, I think it'll be, it'll be a good competitive game, and I'm looking forward to it on Saturday. Uh, Jack, any doubt of that? Yeah, I agree. They're, they've been a rapidly improving team. You can tell they're well coached, and it's going to be a good game. Do you think any of these last three games bring any pressure since you haven't made, you didn't make into playoffs last year? Does this bring any pressure to you as seniors or the team? I mean, there's always outside pressure. I mean, if we don't win, we don't make playoffs two years in a row. I don't know the last time that happens. But I mean, there's definitely pressure on us, but we, I think we handle it well as a team and excited for these last couple of weeks of practice and see where they'll take us. All right, so Grant. Typically, a player at your size on a football field isn't seen as a tight end a lot of the time. You know, you're rather tall for a tight end, standing 6'4", 
You know, is that a position you always played, or is that kind of something that happened in college? Uh, so, I mean, I kind of grew up playing both ways and everything. Uh, then I, I started playing wide receiver and outside linebacker in high school, and my senior year they wanted me to give tight end a shot. And I kind of uh, grew into it pretty quickly, and I ended up starting for Wyzetta my senior year and got some college interest after that. And so, I mean, it all kind of started my senior year. So tight end, is that, um, is that your go-to position? Or if you could track back and you could play one position, what would it be? <laughs> well, I mean, I think every football player thinks they would be an amazing quarterback. Sure. So I think I maybe should have gave more quarterback more of a shot. Can you throw the ball, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah <laughs> but every player says that. You so. think you could uh, come in and start for the Tommies one day? <laughs> uh, Tommy Dolan might have to watch out, so we'll see. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jack, if you could pick a different position, what would you be? Oh, that's tough. Um... I don't know, honestly. I've gotten to play a lot of positions either through, either through high school or, or since I've been at St. Thomas. So, I mean. You have to pick one. I have to <laughs> pick one. Kicker? Oh, that's probably the one I'm not going to choose. Wide receiver? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely, definitely like to stay in the box. You know, I like okay. the contact. I'd probably have to say stay at linebacker or go sure. back to fullback. See, nice. back in my youth days, you know, my, my prime, you know, where I peaked, I, uh, I was a pretty good left guard, but there was one game where my coach put me in, uh, we were up like 20 or 30 points, you know, we were kind of running, and he said, all right, you guys, uh, who wants to go on a kick returner? And me, I, my hand shot straight up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not fast at all, never have been. I caught the ball. I ran and I fumbled and they returned it for a touchdown. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. I got to be a kick returner for one play, and you know, it felt pretty dang good. For what it's worth, I was a wide receiver in Powder Puff, so oh, I scored a few touchdowns, <laughs> no big deal. Carly Noble, star wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, so Jack, as a senior, what does it mean to be a part of the St. Thomas football program? What has it meant to you the past four years? Um, I really think it's it only means more and more every year that you see, like you go through the program and you really start to see what the program is really all about. Um, so I guess as a senior now, what it really means is just seeing what kind of legacy our class can leave, what we can leave behind, and what we can, I don't know, that's pretty much it, yeah. What is something that you're going to miss when it's all said and done? I mean, you can go out in a football field, coach says this pretty much every day, <laughs> and you can go hit someone as hard as you want. And if I do that walking across campus, I don't think I would be in school anymore. So, I mean, there's definitely an aspect of being able to go out there and be physical, have fun, run around, and that isn't really a part of the rest of life. For sure. Sure, so I guess, I just wanna ask now, you guys have three games left this season. Is there any sort of bittersweet feeling to only having three regular season games left? You know, there's still the possibility of an NCAA playoff appearance but you only have three regular season games left in your college career. Is that kind of bittersweet, or is it just not on the mind? Definitely a little bit. I mean, just trying to make the most of every opportunity we have left. I mean, like I said earlier, I think it's 11 more times guaranteed that we get to put on shoulder pads, and kind of having that come to mind, just making sure every day in practice and whatever game we're in, making most of my time that I have left. Oh, this has kind of been sad. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't mean to make it so sad, but um, just one last thing. What are you most proud of in your career as a St. Thomas football player? Hmm, that's a tough one. <laughs> most proud of. Take your time, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. Um, There's just so much. Say it all. It's, that's, I mean, four years in the program. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I don't know. I think one cool thing about especially St. Thomas is coach allows us to really have a balance between football and school and family, and they're really good with making sure that our education is prioritized, that we find internships, we find jobs, and so just kind of being able to essentially do it all, like get the real college experience while still getting, getting to enjoy sports, and I don't know. I think that's, that's a really cool part of playing football here and something I'm proud I was able to do. Cool. So I guess I'm just going to add on quickly there. Do you have any graduate uh, plans after graduation? What you want to do with your life? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I interned with Ernst & Young this summer and I'll be starting with them next fall. And what are you going to be doing with uh, them? Uh, it's, so it's an accounting firm. I'll be doing, I'll study for the CPA test next summer and I'll be doing audit work. Oh, very cool. Mm -hmm. Jack? Um, no hard set plans yet, but Pretty sure I'm looking to go into grad school within a year of graduating from here. So. Oh, What's your cool. major? Um, exercise science major. Okay. Oh, what do you want to do with cool. that? Do you know? Um, either go into strength and conditioning or get a master's degree in biomechanics. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to end it on this last question now. I know we already said one more question, but, you know. <laughs> one it's more. One more. So Carly and I talked about this uh, when we recorded a segment earlier, the first half of the show. Your teammate, Josh Parks, set mm -hmm. the touchdown record for St. Thomas mm -hmm. this past weekend. You know, 52 career touchdowns. Mm -hmm. What is that, what, it, what, it, what have you seen from him to, from a St. Thomas perspective, what does he bring to the team every single game, every single practice, you know? What kind of legacy does a player like him leave? One that's very hard to match. <laughs> yeah, it's his, it, like, his work ethic every like day in and day out. No matter what's happening, no matter what's going on with him, you're going to get the same Josh Parks every game, and it shows because he's been so consistent for four years just mm -hmm. being an incredible player for us. Yeah, he's a great athlete. He's a great teammate, too. And, I mean, to have someone come in and kind of, I mean, I don't think there will be another Josh Parks. I mean, there should still be other great St. Thomas football players, I'm sure. But, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. Pretty cool opportunity to play with um, him then, I guess. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's a good friend off the field. Oh, uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the football team's a big community. You guys always... Uh, oh, for sure. And the view, you guys are always eating together. You know, <laughs> you know I always see football players together. They so. wear the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they wear the backpacks, the hats. Well, uh, they're everywhere. <laughs> that community has a game this weekend, this Saturday, at St. Olaf. Carla and I will be there for Tommy Media. But we'd like to thank you both for coming in today. Good Thanks luck this us. weekend. Thank, yeah. you. thank you. Thanks for having us. And we will see you there on Saturday. Awesome. Yeah. So Carly and I have been talking a lot about St. Thomas sports in the first uh, half of this uh, show, but there's a lot more going on outside of St. Thomas sports. You know, we look at NBA, we look at NFL, we look at MLB, and we look at MLS, and that's what we're going to do for the next part of the show. We're going to start, though, with what happened after Tommy Johnny, the day after. Minnesota United hosted the Los Angeles Galaxy in the first round of the MLS playoffs, their first time ever hosting a playoff game. You know, Minnesota soccer fans were all hyped. Yes, Carly, I was hyped. <laughs> Jacob, you know. what was it like covering that final game you know, at Allianz for United? It was, it was kind of bittersweet for me personally because growing up, 
Uh, Minnesota United was the team that nobody wanted. In 2012, we were going to collapse as an organization. We were the Minnesota Stars then. And Dr. Bill McGuire, who's our current owner, um, bought us when we were in the second division of uh, soccer in the U.S. And since then, we've kind of grown up the ranks. Now we're in the top division, Major League Soccer. But the perspective is we're the team that nobody wanted, and Dr. McGuire saved us. And to see us seven years later host a playoff game against one of the most renowned soccer teams in the Western Hemisphere it was absolutely incredible, you know, and you get to see a player like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Your favorite. <laughs> well, I got to interview Zlatan afterward, too, and that was, I, I was kind of got goosebumps, you know, it was cool. But that game, Minnesota United fell 2-1 to one to the Galaxy. They crashed out of the playoffs, and frankly, they were the better team. Everybody said it, you know, they shouldn't have lost. They allowed two late goals. They scored a late one themselves, but just could not get scoring going. So their season's done, but there's still a lot more going on in MLS. Last week, the Los Angeles Galaxy then went on to play LAFC with the Battle of LA called El Trafico, and it has been the most viewed, the most watched, the most talked about MLS game in history. You know, it featured the two, the league's two leading scorers, and it had over 900,000 viewers just on ESPN, wow. and that's not counting all, all 17 uh, channels that were showing it in different countries on Hispanic te uh, television channels. So, you know, it was really cool to see a game like that Ended up being five to three. Lots of scoring, lots of action. Who won? Uh, LAFC won. Oh, did they? Okay. You know they kind of shut shut Zlatan down. You know, not very often you see that happening. But no. they recorded their first ever win against the Galaxy in six meetings. Can we expect big things out of United next year? Do you oh, think? definitely. And mm -hmm. you know, not just us. There's a lot of teams that are big things. You know, there's two teams joining the league next year in as expansion sides. They'll be coming in to join Nashville and Inter Miami. And uh, David Beckham is actually the owner of Inter Miami. He's a name we all know. Yes, yeah. we do. Okay, Carly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but that's enough soccer talk on the men's side. However, on the women's side, the U.S. women's national team hired a new coach this week. Um, they were in search of a new coach. You know, the, the original coach was retiring, Resign, yep. retiring, resigning, you know, kind of in between. And I would it, after yeah. after her type of career. You know, she's back-to-back -back World Cups, Carly. I know. What a team. What a performance. What a summer from the U.S. women's national team, especially the queen, Megan Rapinoe. Your girl. Yeah, she's <laughs> awesome. You know, she's kind of an inspiration for a lot of people out there. But Vlatko Andonovsky is the new coach. He is originally the head coach at the NWSL, the top tier of American women's soccer, with Rain FC in North Carolina. He's looking to bring a lot of a couple new players into the team while uh, going for a third straight World Cup. What country is he from? I don't What's actually. I'll look up the origin of name for you us. You know, Vlatko really took the, the reins at FC Reign this year. You know, he was a really good coach, brought his team to playoffs, but now he's uh, he's ready for a bigger thing. And you know, that bigger thing is the U.S. Women's National Team. He is a great coach and I think he's gonna do really great things update he's from Macedonia Macedonia I would not have expected that North Macedonia well that is it that's amazing an American Macedonian soccer player you know sweet cool for him all right Carly but now there is some live action happening in the sports scene yeah. game six of the World Series is happening between the Nationals and the Astros Houston after being down 2-0 in, in, in the series are up 3-2. They can win the World Series tonight. Oh, dear. You know, I should be watching. You know, I'm not a big baseball guy, but that's kind of exciting. I'm you not know? a big baseball girl either, but 
That's a big game. As it stands right now at 7.55 p.m. Central Time, they're in the top of the third inning. The Astros are winning 2-1. to one. So we might give a little, we might give one more update before the end of the episode. Sounds good. Let's do it. But, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. You know, the game will be over by the time you hear this. But the Houston Astros could win the World Series tonight. Do you think they will? You know what? I don't. I think the, I think after being down, being up 2-0, the Nationals have a lot to fight for in this game. Right. Because... They don't want to be over. No, they no. want to win the World Series. Exactly. So, besides baseball, besides soccer, NFL. NFL. Today, the NFL trade. Trade deadline was today. Yep. Ended at 4 p.m. There were a few trades today. There were a few the past week. But we're going to elaborate on a few rumors, too, some things that were happening. So Tell the, us some of the big things that happened. You know, one of the, it didn't happen. But one of the biggest things people were talking about was Melvin Gordon and his holdout. You know, was he going to get traded? The Lions were a rumored target. Was he going to stay? You know, is he going to get a new? Is he going to get his money? Is he going to get paid? What's going to happen? You know, he ended up uh, staying put, and uh, I was kind of surprised to see that myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, another big thing was left tackle Trent Williams uh, with the Redskins. Redskins traded him. Yeah. He uh, he didn't get traded. He didn't. No, he oh, ended he up staying put. Oh, you know, good. everybody thought Williams was the big, he was the big trade that target. That was the big talk, yeah. You know, everybody's sitting there like, where's Trent Williams going? Are the Patriots going to sneak in? Is Belichick going to make a move? Could he move to <laughs> a, a team that, you know, doesn't really need him and they trade him uh, in the offseason, you know, make right. money off of him? But he stayed put. He's a Redskin for now and a Redskin until the offseason. happy off with that? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to talk to him. You know, and there was also talk that Eli Manning was going to get traded. Carly... What are your thoughts? You know, I know you're a big football girl. I am. What are your thoughts on Eli Manning's career? We look at it. I, I, when I, when you say Manning, I think Peyton Manning. He's the name that comes up, not Eli. Peyton. I think both of them, honestly. Really? I don't know. I think they've both been so good in their career, but they're both both also older. I don't know why Eli would want to be traded. I mean, obviously, he probably doesn't. I just think a trade wouldn't be. Well, Good. Daniel Jones now has the starting spot over Eli Manning. He's right. being benched. So if you're Eli Manning and you've only got a year or two left in your right. career, you're a giant at heart. But if you want to play football... Then you have to go somewhere else. Exactly. He didn't, but, you know... Or you could just retire a giant. Yeah, you could retire <laughs> a giant. But the thing for Eli Manning is, do you think he's a Hall of Famer based on his performances in his career? You know, he's got those he's got those uh, comeback Super Bowl titles over the Patriots. That's both, true. Both games. But did they warrant... A position in the Hall of Fame for him. Peyton Manning? No doubt Hall of Famer. Right. Eli Manning is that. What do you think? I think Eli could be. I feel like he has to live up to Peyton in some sense, but I don't know. Down the road? It depends how much longer he goes in his career, I guess. Mm-hmm. He's 38 years old right now. If he gets, if he's benched for the rest of the season, I know. which I don't think will happen because Daniel Jones is not doing good. <laughs> they my need man, him back. My guy is turnover prone. Do you have him on your fantasy team? No, oh, no. Okay. I'm just, you know, watching the game. Okay. You know, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones looks at it and he goes, well, the opposition is open. Let me throw it to him. You know? <laughs> That's it's, true. He's just not been good this year. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Eli Manning. But a trade that did happen, Kenyon Drake, Dolphins running back to the Cardinals. David Johnson's been injured this season. Kenyon Drake goes in, kind of fulfills that role, you know, that injury insurance. David Johnson's one of the best in this league, but if he can't stay healthy, if he's out long term, they're still kind of figuring out what's going on with him in terms of a layoff. But Kenyon Drake goes in, he fills in. He, they have a running back who's capable of continuing uh, the form they're in towards a playoff push. 
And you know, the last rumor we're going to talk about didn't happen was DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league, rumored to be on the trade block today. Hopkins, Carly, you know much about DeAndre Hopkins? Um, with, uh, not a Houston ton. Texans. I really don't, but I guess I did hear rumors in the media about that. And he wasn't traded? No, he was not. Okay. But Hopkins and Deshaun Watson is one of the hottest combos in the league, quarterback, wide receiver. Yep. And you know, if Hopkins is gone, you know, he loses Where's one of his best. Where does that connection go? Yeah. Yeah, he loses one of his best targets. So I'm glad to see him stay. I like Deshaun Watson. I'm glad to see uh, that kind of continue. So there's your NFL trade deadline wrap up from Carly and myself. Time to move on to the NCAA. The biggest breaking news today. in sports today, Carly. So the NCAA set to meet today to discuss amending the laws around the athletes making money for author image and likeness in and college sports. What did they say? They passed the law. Carly. You want, to know, you want to know what this means? What does this mean? We get NCAA football back for the PlayStation. We finally <laughs> get it back. It's coming. Oh, of course. That's what you're concerned yeah, no. about. You know, it's cool. That's funny. You know, I'm glad to see I'm glad to see a lot of people happy with this. Right. You know, there's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a 50-50. There's gonna people be people saying they they're college kids. Don't make them don't make them feel like they're business people. They're businessmen, business women mm -hmm. in the workplace. It's supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be playing for enjoyment. They don't need to do, to focus on money yet in their careers. But also with all the effort they put in, you know, maybe they deserve a little compensation. I feel like yeah, it would be cool if you were a Division 1 athlete to make money off of your face being yeah. played on a video game Especially or my face oh gosh <laughs> and other sponsorships and whatnot yeah. i mean i see both sides of the argument that yeah. it could be a good thing i mean boost confidence for athletes maybe help them get even to that professional level sure. with that but then again it's also being kids still being a young adult yep. in school getting paid for that you but. know I would love a sponsorship with Nike, though. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You know, I currently need some new shoes. So I'm probably going to go get some in the next coming weeks. But, you know, I'd love to just be like, hey, like my face, like my image. Let me let me play a good game. And, you know, I get my sponsorship. You know, it'd yeah. be cool to be able to make money as an athlete. You know, I think a I lot agree. of them deserve it. But yeah. also, I think there has to be made. I think there has to be some sort of uh, some sort of statement made saying you can't. You can't have this much money as a, as a college athlete. You know, right. you can make so much off of yourself, but you can't be signing, you know, a shoe deal worth two hundred million at the age <laughs> of twenty. We're, I wish. At, as a twenty year old, and I'm I'm turned twenty one in a few months. I would n not know how to invest twenty million dollars exactly. properly. I would probably waste it on unnecessary things. And I feel like if that something like that happens to a D one athlete who's a big name athlete, say, like twenty eighteen Zion Williamson, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there might be some problems with finances. This will definitely be something interesting to watch mm -hmm. in the future going forward, see if it stays in place, see how long, what type of athletes, how much money they're getting, all that. So yeah. we'll definitely have to watch it. But. but I think there's something really important we need to end with here, Carly. Something happening in Minnesota, something unprecedented in terms of Minnesota football at the D1 level. How good gopher football is right now. P.J. Fleck, row the boat. Let's go. <laughs> row the boat. You know, I'm looking at it, and I'm watching this team, and I'm I'm seriously saying this is a team that can beat Penn State. They, uh, they have a bye this coming weekend, mm -hmm. and then they travel to Penn State. They are taking on one of the best programs in the country, number four ranked Penn number State. Four, okay. But... The Gophers are number, they're number th 13. 13, I know. Like, look at this. Th that's the Minnesota Gophers. We're in the top 25. We're undefeated for the first time mm -hmm. this late in the season in over 50 years. Our ranking is 
incredible. This and team has come together. They've had dominant wins, absolutely dominant. Nobody expected it. You know, that the win over Nebraska, fantastic. Nebraska put up 30-plus points on Ohio State. Yep. Ohio State's one of the best programs in this country. We held them to less than 10. Like, That's insane. I'm like, what is going on this year that's making this team so good? It's P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck, the coach? It's a okay. Co- it's a it co- all starts with the coach. It all does start with a coach, you know. I feel like the Gopher community, everybody around Minnesota Gopher football mm-hmm. has embraced P.J. Fleck. For I sure. saw this. There was this cute video on uh, Twitter the other day of a probably five, six-year-old kid dressing up like P.J. Fleck for Halloween. Aww. And he would um, went to a Gopher press conference and stood in the front row just staring down P.J. Fleck with That's his so glasses on, lifted him down, <laughs> kind of gave him the, uh, the stare eye. You know, I should be a PJ Fleck for Halloween. I yeah. need a costume. Yeah, you need a costume. <laughs> yeah. All right, you heard it here. Carly Noble is going to be PJ Fleck for Halloween. <laughs> the best coach right now. You so know? they have a bye week this weekend, mm-hmm. and then they go to Penn State. Yep. Is that Penn State? Yes. And, and then, then Iowa. And then they host Iowa. They host Iowa and they host Wisconsin this year. Yes. Oh, Carly, imagine, imagine <laughs> the scenes if we if we beat Madison. No. From a Minnesota <laughs> from a Minnesota football perspective, the Gophers. Yeah. Madison is our rival. The I Packer, know. Packers, Vikings, Badgers, Gophers, Minnesota, Everything. Wisconsin. You know, Car- across the border, border battle. But I do have to ask Carly, what? as someone who's from Green Bay, where do you side? Are you a Gopher fan or a Badger fan? Come that game. That's really hard for me because. I have friends on both teams, actually. Oh, so, okay. I okay. mean, I do have a little bit of Minnesota blood in me from living here, but I would have to say the Badgers, just okay. because the roots are there. So when that game comes about, Carly and I will have a podcast uh, sometime around there, and you know what? We'll make bets. If uh, well, we want to make a bet about that one, you know, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe Carly will have to you know buy me Chipotle or something. <gasps> Deal. Fine, Jacob. We'll bet on that close to the game. All right. All right. So thank you for joining us on this episode of uh, Tommy Media's Keep the Ball Rolling. Thanks for listening today. Stay tuned to TommyMedia.com for full St. Thomas sports coverage. And, of course, more Keep the Ball Rolling episodes to come. For Carly Noble, I'm Jacob Schneider.